what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. In the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, you'll find these words. It says, And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, somebody say every temptation. We're going to come back to that at the end. He departed from him until an opportune time. Amen? You may be seated. Well, this is going to be our third and final sermon in a little series that we've entitled Triumphant Over Temptation. And we have been telling you how temptation works. So, and, and, and when you look at temptation and how it's defined, it is to entice you to do something wrong by promise or pleasure, uh, promise of pleasure or gain. It is a desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. It's a thing, a course of action that att attracts or tempts someone. And the word that I want to see to hit on today is this word allurement. Allurement is to allure someone toward sin or to solicitate them in order to get them to do evil. You know, when I think of the word allurement, in the middle of that word is the word lure. Those of you who are fishermen, Charlie, I know you know what a lure is. You know, and a lure is designed to make that bass feel like what he's about to hit is good. I mean, it looks good to his eye. It jiggles around in the water like it's something that he really wants to eat. But what he don't see is the hook. And a lot of times, we get caught up in the trapping with our eyes, and we fail to see the... And there's always a hook that the enemy is going to use. And once he hooks you, it's just a matter of time before he reels. Now, I said this, that fighting or struggling with temptation is an ongoing battle. I mean, because the possibility exists before we even leave here today, before you get home, you're going to be tempted to do something, say something, or expose yourself to something uh, that can cause you to be tempted. But I said the, the good news is that to be tempted is not sin. Amen? Because if it was, then when we read later, we'll see that Jesus was tempted, and the Bible says he was a man that was without sin. Now, in our last sermon, if you remember, we talked about how to resist temptation. We showed you where Joseph resisted temptation by fleeing from his master's wife. We saw where Job had to uh, resist temptation when his wife wanted him to curse God in the midst of his suffering. And we saw that Daniel, you know, while in slavery, and being trained to be part of the king's court, he resisted temptation by being determined not to defile his body by eating the king's delicacies and drinking the king's wine. And we closed with the apostle Peter being tempted with money. And we told you last time that money is a powerful tempter. Uh, there's nothing in and of itself evil about money, but what money can do is call people, cause people to do evil things. Amen? And so therefore we said that if you make money your God, then chances are it's going to tempt you. Amen? Amen? And so today, I want to 
start off in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Here we see Satan use Peter to tempt Jesus. And, and, and note now, what you need to see is that Peter had just received a divine revelation. I mean, Jesus had asked his disciples the question, you know, who do men say that I am? And they started telling John the Baptist, the great prophet, da-da-da. Then he came back and said, but who do you say that I am? And the Bible said that Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the... Now, he got that divine revelation. And then, not minutes later, I don't know how long it took in the Bible here when it was written, the devil would use him to tempt Jesus. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that sometimes you got to know that when God gives you something to reveal truth, the devil can also use you too. Amen. And, and so if we understand that the devil wants to use us to carry out his will instead of us applying God's will to our life, we got to always be mindful that behind everything we get ready to do, the devil could be sitting right out there. Even after you done got a great victory and you think everything's all right, you got your dance on, your shout on. And he's sitting right Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 23. New Living Translation says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly, somebody say plainly, that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hand of the elders. Somebody say the elders. Somebody say the leading priests. And the teachers of religious law. Somebody say the teachers. Religious folk can hurt you. A lot of people are inspired to do some crazy things in the name of religion. It was religious people who was going to come against him and conspire to have him killed. And he was telling his disciples that he would be killed, but on the third day that he would be raised from the... Now, he had been alluding to this earlier, but now he's making it clear. And in the midst of making his assignment clear, the devil figured out just use... Peter. Verse 22 said, but Peter, somebody say, but Peter, took him aside and began to reprimand him. <laughs> you know the devil got to be in you for you to reprimand Jesus. I mean, you just can't be operating in your own mind. The devil must be messing with you. You think you're big and bad enough that you can just reprimand the Savior, the one who died for you. But Peter, Peter was always known for get, you know, getting himself in trouble and, and saying some things without thinking, but it just lets us know that no matter how holy you think you are, how close to Jesus you may think you are, the devil can still use. Peter reprimanded him saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord. But Peter was still looking for that earthly king. Someone that was going to come down and take care of the Romans. Someone that was going to deliver them from that oppression. So he wasn't looking for someone that was going to die for his sin. He was looking for someone, that was going to, someone who was going to deliver him from the oppression of the Romans. 
And because he was looking for that, the devil used that. And look at what Jesus' response was. You know, he talking to Peter, but he addressed Satan. Then Jesus said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. See, we fight the people who we see when we ought to be fighting what's behind that person. There's always an enemy behind the person that's coming against you. And sometimes when we look at the human personality and attack that human personality, we need to be attacking the spirit that's behind the personality. So Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. So the devil can trap you, and he can be dangerous if you don't know what you're up against. Then he says this, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not, God, and not from God. See, what you need to thought, stop and think right there is that when you look at your life and when you look at things that happen to you, whose point of view are you taking? Are you looking at things from your point of view, your human perspective, your place in life as a human? Or are you looking at things from God's point of view? Because if you see things from this world's point of view and your own flesh point of view, then I got a good feeling that you're going to be out of focus with God's point of view. Amen. And so therefore, it's always good for us to figure out whose point of view are we espousing? Which point of view do we hold on to? And if it's not the Lord's point of view, then chances are we're going to position ourselves to be an adversary to the Lord instead of a follower of our Savior. You know, the Bible, go to James real quick, chapter 1. The Bible, you know, when people say the Bible is hard to understand when God tried to make a point to us, man, here in James chapter 1, man, you can't miss this. You don't even need to be too deep to understand when he tried to tell us herb in plain language. He said, man, he, he, he compared this thing, Brother Davis, of being tempted to women conceiving. And I think most of us in here adults, you know, so y'all know how that go. And you know once conception takes place, over time certain things going to happen. And he's saying, now, you got to see temptation the same way as you see a woman getting. Now, if you don't do something to deal with that thought, deal with that idea, deal with that word that come into your spirit, then you're going to conceive. And if you don't... I know abort is a bad word to say right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I ain't talking about y'all aborting no babies or nothing like that. I'm just talking about a y'all aborting temp. Oh, Lord, don't let me melt. I said we ain't going to melt. But you know, maybe if we had a, aborted some temptation on the front end, we wouldn't have to abort babies on the Y'all in James chapter 1. <laughs> Look at this way he says here, verse 12. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. So you got to go through some things to endure temptation. He said,
control in you. This is the last week on this one. I know this temptation message ain't good because I got some. maybe next week we'll talk about, you know, some triumphing over some other thing. But right now I just got to deal with this temptation thing because the Bible went out its way to make this plain to us. You just can't get pregnant with everything that the enemy throw in front of you. Amen. Every idea, every thought got a motive behind it. And if you allow that to get in your spirit and you entertain it, it's going to give birth to something. And what we need to understand is that we don't have to yield to the temptation. God has given us the power to withstand the temptation. Then we learn early on that he's even given us a way out when we are tempted. And so when we look at this, and when James go to that length to let us see that, it's important for us, us to understand that, man, if we're not careful, if we're not on guard all the time, we could easily be lured into a situation that we don't want to be in. To be tempted, I say it again, is not sin. That's part of the warfare. You ought to expect that. You ought to expect the enemy to come and tempt you with certain things. But you ought to also believe that you can overcome every temptation that comes into your life. And uh, before I go back to the text in Luke, it's important for us to understand that Jesus could be our perfect example because in everything that we attempted with, he was himself tempted. So what you're going through is not new. And, and what Hebrews says about this is this. In 2.18, it says, as he was talking about Jesus, he was talking about our faithful high priest when he says he himself has suffered being tempted he is able to aid those who are tempted. Look at somebody and say, you got help. You may not believe, but you got Wherever you find yourself, you got to believe you got help. Everything that you're going through, he went through. And so therefore, he, he understands what we are. He understands what we go through in life. So therefore, we got to look to him for the problem is most of the time we get in a situation and we don't look to the hills from which come with our help. We look to our flesh and we look to other men instead of looking to him. Hebrews 4.15 says this, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. So he knows you're going to get weak sometimes. He knows you're going to go through some things sometimes. And he can sympathize with you. He can, he can empathize with you. He can put himself there in your place. He can sympathize with our weaknesses, but, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So that let us know if Jesus was tempted with, in all points, Brother Herb, that means whatever you've been tempted with, whatever you've been tempted to, you know, give birth to and conceive, he was tempted with it. Folk then went out of their way to try to pretend that he was really tempted with one of the marriage. 
I mean, you see documentaries now that you know that he had to have a thing with her, the way, you know, the way she, maybe he was. But he ain't sinned. He ain't sinned. So he may have thought she was cute. Like that. I don't know. He could have thought that. After all, he was in the flesh. Could have thought that. He could have recognized beauty when he saw it. And so let me know ain't nothing wrong with recognizing it. I'm being very cautious today because I, I ain't trying to fill in too many blanks. You know, this is the last sermon on this, and I want to make sure I, I keep it in the right rating. But what we need to get used to doing is when we find ourselves in those situations, we need to look to him. We need to look to him. And, and, and you know, a lot of times, I know we make light of his name and the power of his name. I just got a feeling sometimes, Brother Herb, if we get ourselves in a bind, if we just start saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, whatever that's trying to tempt you, you just say, Jesus. You know, And I know how young people are. And I mean, coming at you hard. Jesus. Make him fight through Jesus. Make her fight through. I know that ain't going to go over too well right now. I know, but I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you. He, we got a name that we can use. I mean, when you're tempted to watch something that you know is going to vet your spirit. Just say, Jesus. I, I just don't believe you can be calling his name and watching that at the same time. I just, I just don't believe you could. It just, some, just don't seem like that's possible for you to. You know, you get ready to do something wrong. Just say, Jesus. He said he'll be our help and our aid when we attempt it. So what I'm giving you an answer right now, before you leave out of here good, before you finish this day out, some of you are going to have an opportunity to just say, you know, Nancy told y'all to just say, but she should have said, just say Jesus. <laughs> she thought that that was going to stop drugs by just, just, just saying, had a better chance with you. Go back to our text in Luke chapter 4, if you don't mind. I want to close by looking at the, the full context of what was going on in this chapter. You know, we, Jesus was being tempted by the devil. He went out into the wilderness. And uh, one of the things we're going to see here is that he was tempted in some critical areas that we're tempted in. He was tempted in the area of his physical Needs and desires. You know, I hear people say, I got needs. I don't know what that means all the time they say it, but you know, I, I got needs. You're being tempted. Your needs are tempting you. He had needs. He was tempted in the area that he needed something. 
So just call on him when your knees. Because your physical desires are going to be one of the easiest things the enemy to come at you with, your physical desire. The things that you desire. He was tempted with power and possession. You know, kind of like the lust of the eye. You know, if you do this, I can give you this. Then selfish ambition. I'm going to take you up real high. Let you overlook everything. And everything you see, I got the authority to give to you. Now, that was true. But he was going to get it anyway. But the role for him getting the brother David is he had to suffer first. The devil offered him a shortcut. And, and that shortcut involved worship. I'll give it to you, Brother Herb, but in return, even though it's okay for me to offer it to you, in return, you got to worship me. See, in life, there's, and you're dealing with folk, there's always a catch. And, and, and if you're not careful, you'll lose sight of what God has for you, and you start focusing on what the enemy is offering you. Because the enemy can put it right there within reach. So, you know, and because of that, we don't see that we can get it anyway. But God got another way for us to get it. And so what Jesus teaches us here, he's going to teach us some powerful things. If y'all in Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to take my time with this now, starting in verse 1. He says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the first thing you're going to have to have on your side is the Spirit of God. Man, I, I, I hope that all, but hopefully someone is sitting here saying, I don't even know that, I didn't even know that was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Well, you dropped by here today for me to tell you that there's more in the spiritual realm than what you see in the natural realm. You know, there are things going on in areas that we can't see in the spiritual realm. And so what we've got to understand, God gave us his spirit. And therefore, when you're going through temptation, you're going to have to be filled with his Filled with the spirit. So Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit. Number two, not only do you need to be filled with him, you need to be normally have, now you're being tempted while you're in your, you know, the children of Israel walked around in the desert 40 years in the wilderness. 
darkness, and they was tempted on a lot of time. They could have got out earlier. But because they didn't have the faith, they ended up being there a lot longer. And now look at this. So Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now he had just been baptized. You know, Spirit of the Lord descended on him. This is my beloved son who I am. Man, that was a victory. You could have thought that, Lord, you done gave me the victory. Now give me at least two or three months to celebrate. Soon as I got the victory, you lead me into the Sometime, right after you get through your, your, you get your dance on, pat that Holy Ghost feel foot, run up and down the aisles in the church, shout hallelujah, giving God the praise for it, when you walk out the door. You walking into the wilderness. I mean, it was good while we was in here, Major. You know, we all amongst friends and family in here. We shouted, we danced, but we forgot that we were finna go into the... But if I leave out of here filled with the... And I'm led by the Spirit if I leave here, I don't mind going into the... Because I know I'm not alone, even though I'm in the wilderness. Now look here, he said he was being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he... I don't think most of us can do 40 days, Latham. I don't think we're we ready for that, are we, Latham? We, can, we can't go 40 days. <laughs> you know, we, we can't fast. You know, it's hard to fast for, for, for one day, <laughs> once a month. And you talk about 40? There's a lot of symbolism to 40. 40 years in the wilderness. Uh-huh. And now other 40s in the Bible, too. Is Elijah, 40. And so what you got to see is this is that the devil is going to come at you in an area where your physical needs need to be met. <laughs> I, that's like, that's why I like that. For I got needs. <laughs> they say, I hear those young folks say, I got needs. <laughs> I hear people come to church now say, then you go to church and they, they don't want to address your own. They tell you, hold on to God, son, change your hand, but they ain't addressing mine. My knees. I got. And I'm trying to tell you to address your knees. You need the power of the Holy. Because God knows you got knees, and the devil knows you got knees. God's going to try to help you fight through your knees so that you can get to the place where He wants you to be, and the devil's going to try to get you to give in to your knees the things that you desire in your flesh. That's just the way the game is played. So he was hungry. And the devil said this to him. Somebody say, if.
can do no gold. You need some food. So when he tempts you, he ain't going to be tempting you for something you don't need. Y'all know that fighting stuff. That you know, you don't even need that. You, I, I need to fight off the devil. Ain't the devil even care about that. You don't. You ain't your need. You need to address what your needs are and not allow the Lord to help you fight your way through your. But now look at this. If you are the son of God, that if is important there. See, if he didn't know who he was, the devil could have defined him. The devil knew he, who he was, but now he's going to try to use that and say, now, if you are the son of God, I know what the God's son is supposed to be able to do. Why don't you turn this stone into bread? Like, why would Jesus give in? I know who I, who I am, and I know what I got the power to do, but I'm not going to let you push my button. Babe, that's all it takes sometimes. I ain't going to let you push my We just let too many folk push the button. And all of a sudden we cussing them out, cussing folk now. Boom, they push the button. Push the button. Just push it. That's not, just like that. You know, you were in a good mood. Somebody said something, they just pushed it. And all of a sudden, this Holy Ghost filled mouth that's saying flow to you. <laughs> I just want, I want let all my worship, let all my praise flow. Push the button. Bam. <laughs> just like that, gone. And you know, let me talk to y'all husband and wife. Now, y'all know them buttons. I got to help some of y'all. You know, I, I, I know. I, I know, I, I know I, I, I'm a widow now, but I, I understand what it was like when they never say, I know them buttons. I know how the buttons can be pushed. And everybody know the buttons. And, and we allow the devil to tempt us to push the. You know, before you push the button, what the response is going to be. You know the house, Brother David, you know it's in the blow-up right in here, but you still <laughs> push the button hoping the nuclear explosion ain't going to go off. You, and the Lord will tell you, don't push. And so what I'm trying to tell you, sometimes you can't allow the enemy to use you to push a button that you know that don't need to be pushed. Because if you don't know that, then Jesus could have been crossed right here and say, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Well, I know I am the son of God. I know what I came to earth for. So therefore, I'm not going to allow you to lure me into doing something that's going to go against my father's, my father's will. Now look at this. Look at verse 4. But Jesus answered him and saying, it is written. Somebody say, it is written. He didn't say.
then they can become weapons that you can use when you're being. Because the word of God is a weapon that you can use. And all you got to do is say, hey, I don't know where they was that I can't find it, but I know it is. And so when I know it is written and I know it's the truth of God's word, then guess what? I'm going to stand on the truth that I know. He said, now look, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That was written in Deuteronomy. They experienced that when they was in the wilderness, you know, and, uh, and God was feeding them from heaven with manna. But even in him feeding them, he said, look here, don't y'all get so used to just me giving y'all physical needs getting met. You need to understand, you can't just live off that. You need to have some spiritual nourishment. You need to not just come to church and then don't take in nothing spiritually. You got to take something deep down in your spirit when you come in. And I know I make light of these scriptures to try to help learn it, but look here, you got to receive some of this in your Because these are tools that you're being given that when you get tempted, you can use this word to come back against the enemy. Jesus used the Now look at this. Verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up, and the devil said to him, all authority I Wow. That slowed me down right there, Brother Latham. The devil say, I got some stuff that I can give to whoever I want to. And you know, sometimes he used God's folk with his stuff that he can give them. I can give it to whomever, Brother JP. I can peel off a little piece for you. And cause you to push a button. I got the authority to do that. Charlie, don't take mine. I can just pull off a little bit of peace to you too. Cause you to do something. I got the authority. You know, the devil can offer you some things that look good and it's pleasing. You know, ain't nobody going to tempt you with something that ain't pleasing to your eyes. I mean, when your eyes ain't attracted to something, you just... But when you catch your, now I ain't talking about people, I'm just talking about things too. You know, sometimes we can be walking down and just bling, bling. Whoa, I like the way that sparkle. Got five, but I just like that one. I didn't come here expecting to buy that, but just, he had the authority to offer it to me. And since he had the authority to do that, if I'm not careful, I will be doing something that he want me to do instead of what God want me to do. He said, I can give it to whomever I. That means all of you all are on his hit list. He's trying to give you something. But when he give it to you, he wants something in return. 
time to give you something. So get this. Everything that come to you that's pleasing to you is not necessarily from God. We try to label it God. But no, no, no. Sometimes the one who has the authority in the earth, if you're not being led by the Spirit, he can give you something and you will think it's from Mm-mm-mm. Look at this. Verse 7 says, therefore, here's the hitch. If you will... All the stuff that I can see, and then he tell me to be mine, but all I got to do is worship him. See, God knows that whatever you bow down and serve, that will become your God. The devil know that too. And because he's always wanted to be God, he is looking for people to worship to worship him. And we cannot be tempted by him to the point where we start to worship him instead of worshiping the true and living God. Jesus knew that he could get it. I told you that, but he knew that he had to suffer to get it. And you know, some people get caught up in so many things that you can get something for nothing. You think you can get this without putting in the work to do it? And people can make you think it's going to be so easy, 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 but they don't tell you up front that, hey, you got to put in the effort, the work. And so sometimes we get caught up because we want the easy way out. And the easy way is not always the best way. And most of the time it's definitely not God. Look at this. Verse 8. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. Sound like what he told Peter since this is Real close. He said, look here, you can't serve more than one God. And if you got a God, he's the only one that you should be serving, the true and living God. You can't make gods out of anything else in your life. Because if you do and you start serving whatever it is you raise up to the level of a God in your life, then that will become your Jesus again. Use the scripture two times. Now look at this. Then, you know, the devil is persistent. I hope y'all don't, you know, don't lose sight that this is a, a pretty long dialogue. You know, he, he didn't quit after the first time. He came back. Came, and you know how, that's how luring and enticing is. You know, no don't mean no forever. I let that sink in right there. Some people in, no, 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 that no is just a no today. It may not be a no tomorrow. It may not be a no 
six weeks from now, when all of a sudden you realize you got And then all of a sudden, now the hook been set. Lady on the way to the boat. Grease is already hot. That's how subtle things are, man. And so what we got to understand is the devil is persistent. He's not going to quit because you win a victory one day. You got to win this victory every day. And if you fall one day, you need to confess your sins, repent, get up, and get back in the fight. Amen. Because you got a high priest who can, you can look up to and say, he died so that I can live. And if I make a mistake, I can go to him and he understands. Now look at this, verse 9 says, he, then he brought him to Jerusalem, the holy city, and set him on the Pinnacle of the temple, God's house. Wow. The devil didn't have no shame in just going to the holy city, setting Jesus on the most holiest place in the city, and then tempt him right there. Now, if he would take Jesus to Jerusalem, put him on the temple, surely he can bring somebody to strive. And sit them right up in here and tempt them. But later, right while I'm preaching, tempting somebody. He don't care. You would think that he would take a break because you're in church. But see, that's somebody sitting here right now, Faith. They can't wait to get out of here so they can get back to whatever they. I had something I wanted to say, but I got to church. I couldn't say, I can't wait to get back on my phone when I leave because I got to finish what I was about to tell them. You know, sometimes married couples, man, they come to church and they just done had an argument right out there in the car before they came in the door. They come here. Praise the Lord. What was his name? And can't wait to pass and get to the end of the sermon. Oh, they mind stuck right there where they were when they came to. And they're going to go right back out there and pick it right back up. And you wonder, how could you do that after you done been in the house? Because the devil don't respect God. So, man, you know, took him to the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God again, Throw yourself down here. For it, now the devil quote a little bit of scripture too. A little bit of Psalms 91, 11 and 12. It is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Yeah, that's part true. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your feet against the stone. And that's where Jesus, the Bible, got your back. Just jump off. He got an angel right now waiting on you. But the Bible says, now he left out one part of that little scripture, you know, in the of God's ways. Now, but we got to understand, that's all more like saying, well, you know, I know the Lord protected me. He surrounded me with angels, so therefore, I'm going to just walk out here in front of traffic and don't care, because God got me. No. No, no. God is saying, you better look both ways <laughs> before you cross that street. You don't tempt me that way. Now, if you 
kid walking down the street and you accidentally step off, I believe God will put something there to protect you. But if you all of a sudden you're just going to feel, I'm just going to tempt God. I'm going to show him. I'm, I'm car proof. No. You're going to be up in Fort Walton Beach in trauma. Amen. Because that is tempting God. And we should not tempt God. When people had bad things happen, when Paul stuck his hand in that, those bushes in fire and he get, got bit by that snake, he lived. And everybody else thought he was going to die. But he didn't stick his head in there saying, I know God got this poison snake in here. I want me to just put my hand, let him bite me so I can get a testimony. No. Once he got bit, the Lord came through and delivered him because he knew he still had something for him to do. So we should not tempt God with our actions, with our words and our deeds, because God tempts no man and we cannot tempt him. So now look. And Jesus said to him, again, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now look at this, and I'm done. Now this should make sense that when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed. And I'm reading here in chapter 4, but I read to you deeper into the Bible where you can see that this played out in reality. He had ended every temptation. He departed him until an opportune time. Right now, the devil is looking for your opportune time. Why are you sitting right in here? Brother Herb, he already looking for the next opportunity when he can tempt you. And if you leave here not knowing that that's what he's doing out there, because that's what his assignment is, then you're going to walk right into that trap that he done set for you. Because Jesus said, you know, you come to try to trap me. And so what I'm trying to tell you today, expect temptation. When you leave this place, expect it. When you get to your job tomorrow, expect it. Because the devil will let you win today. But he know he's coming back at you again. <laughs> so shout for the victory that you got right now. Give God the praise for right now. But be ready to be, go back into battle before the day's out, before the week's out, there's going to be another opportunity where the devil is going to come at you. And when he does, you need to just follow Jesus' example. Be led by the Spirit. Be filled with God's Spirit. Use the Word of God. And then look, know that God loves you enough to help you get out of what you're going through. Have you? He loves you enough to help you get out of it. And I think if you would just do those things, you know, we don't have to Fear temptation. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry about falling in the traps every time we... I don't want to put fear in your heart that every time you walk out the door, you're looking behind the door and a snake behind every door. But I'm just trying to tell you, you got to stay alert and know who's on your side and the tools that you have to help you. Because if not, you could become a victim of the enemy. 
is always trying to victimize somebody, don't let it be you. Your victory will help somebody else come through what they're going through. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I got three appeals for you today. My first appeal is whether you're in the house or online, is for salvation. Salvation. Jesus came so that you could be saved, so that you would have a way back to, to the Father. And if you realize the sacrifice that he made for you, then you'll understand that it's not anything that you could do to save yourself. The work has already been done. You just need to put your faith in the one, the one who did the work. So if that is you and you say, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus. I want to accept the work that he did for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be saved. Please raise your hand. And if you're online, would you just send us an instant message and let us know, and we'll definitely get in touch with you. So please raise your hand. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, and you know he's speaking to your heart, and you done, you done been in this place before, and you done heard this before, but this time you feel like the Lord is really tugging at your heart. Don't harden your heart when you hear him speaking to your heart. Don't harden your heart. You're here just for this particular reason in this moment in time. This is a time that God has preordained for you to be here today, whether you're in the house or online. So please, if that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. My second appeal, if you're here, and you're looking for a church home, and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and saying that striving for perfection ministry is the place for you, would you please raise your hand if you're online again, send us one of those eye messages and let us know that uh, I see some hands going up, amen. Would there, amen, would there be another? Would there be others that want to become part of the family of God? Amen, amen, amen. If you would, gather your things, and uh, Brother Anthony and Brother Major, you can go with them too, that way, amen. Anyone else? If you're online, please give us a call here. Amen. Amen. We thank God. Amen. My third appeal is for prayer. And today, uh, if you feel so led and you want to come to the altar for prayer, please do so at this time. The Bible says you can come boldly before the throne of grace, and then we'll pray. We won't do individual altar prayer with different ministers stuff, but if you just feel so led and you feel like that's where you want to come today to pray, please do so at this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ask that you would focus your thoughts and your, and your mind on some things that you feel the need to carry to God because this is that time where you can cast your cares on him. You may want to come and just on behalf of someone else and intercede for someone. You may want to offer up a circumstance or situation that you're dealing with. Whatever it is, this is your time to have that communication with our almighty God. Jesus died so that you could have access to God. The veil of the temple has been rent, so now you can get access to the holies of holies, to the throne of God. Prayer is a powerful tool. It's one I think is underutilized a lot in the church today, but it is still a powerful weapon that God has given us to communicate with him and to make our cares and, 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 and our concerns known to him. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we honor you and give you thanks on today, God. We thank you for all that you have done for us, God. We thank you for the sacrifice 
that was made. You made that sacrifice for us, God, when we was unworthy to save ourselves. You made that sacrifice by sending your only begotten son in the world to die for us, God. He hung, bled, and died just for our sins. And God, we are so grateful for that. We're thankful for what he has done. And now, God, after we are saved, we just thank you for him being an example for us to follow. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, God, that you're leading us and guiding us and, and providing us to be able to walk into all truth. We thank you for that right now, God. And God, for any care or concern, those that are sitting here today, either in person or online, God, if they're heavy, got a heavy heart right now, God, we lift up that heavy heart to you right now, God, and we tell them that they can cast their cares on you right now, God, because you care for them. Whatever their concerns are, God, whatever their needs are, God, I pray, God, that you will meet their needs right now, God. Meet them where they are, God, in their moment of strength, their moment of weakness, in their moment of need, God. Wherever it is, God, meet them right there. Because, God, we realize that because you are a spirit, you can address all of our concerns at once, God. And we thank you for that, God. God, we come with a praise on our heart, God. We want to give you thanks for the things that you've done for us, God. The things that you've brought us through, God. We want to lift that up to you right now and just say thank you, God. We don't say thank you enough, God, for all that you've done, but, but it don't hurt us to just say thank you, God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your son, God. We just say thank you for life, health, and strength today, God. To be able to be here today, God, we say thank you, God. God, we don't take this moment in time for granted, God, but we say thank you for granting it to us, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And God, we just come lifting up those who are heavy burdened and laden down, God, right now with grief or sorrow, whatever it is that they're going through, God. Be there for them right now. Be that comforter that you said you would be, God. You're the God of all comfort, God. So I know that you're able to comfort, God. And you comfort us so that we'll be able to comfort others, God, when they go through similar circumstances, situation, God. And we say thank you for counting us worthy, God, to be used by you, God, in people's time of trouble or time of need. And God, we come thanking you for keeping us, continue to lead us, continue to guide us, continue to protect us, God. And Father, when it's all said and done, we always will lift up our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's because of him that we move, live, and have our very being. And we say thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. amen. Say amen again. And give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you will.